Okay, good afternoon everybody. Today we're going to talk about a uh, apparently a newish kind of uh, hair covering that women have. It's just a, 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 a new development in the world of, of wigs. A lot of people have been asking me about lace top shaitels and if we can uh, discuss in a time al uh whether they are okay or not for a, uh, for a married woman to wear. So of course in order to uh, research the topic you have to find out what a lace top shaitel is. So my wife forwarded me a call Kore that was going around on social media recently that was signed by a number of Hasidish Gedolim, Hasidish Aposkim, um, I, I, I think they were all Hasidish Aposkim, where they said that uh, you're not allowed to, uh, a married woman should not wear such a shaitel and that a, a man may not recite a bracha in front of a woman who's wearing such a shaitel and that there's an Isr Chamer for anybody to sell such a shaitel. But I would imagine that most of the Poskim that signed the Kol Kore would say that about any shaitel, uh, you know, or uh, many of the shaitels that are typically worn in uh, in our communities, and uh, the lace top it just happens to be a more natural-looking shaitel. My wife also forwarded me some sort of social media post where a woman said, what kind of chutzpah that rabbis tell a woman what she can wear and what she can't wear, that's also obviously ridiculous, uh, because uh, it's not rabbis, it's Hashem. There's uh, Hashem as a Torah, and we have to observe the Torah, and we have to interpret the Torah, and uh, you know, wh- whether it's mutter or aser, it's not a matter of uh, telling women what they can and cannot wear. The, the, the Rebbe Shalom tells women and men what they can and cannot wear, and we just have to be attuned to what the halacha is. So uh, so let's take a look at what the halacha is about shaitels in general, and what might be different about this type of shaitel that uh, did not exist before. So first of all, just the metzius over here, is that these uh, top lace wigs are the most realistic uh, uh, wigs on the market today, according to, uh, according to the internet. Uh, when the hair is knotted, apparently what makes this different is that the knots are below the silk, concealed between the layers. The hair is then injected through the silk material, making the knots 100% invisible, giving the illusion that the hair is actually growing out of your scalp. Meaning, essentially, it looks a lot more like a scalp than, uh, than a typical wig, where it doesn't look like there's any scalp there. All you see is the, 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 uh, the hair on a regular wig. But over here, it looks like you're looking at scalp, even though you're not really looking at scalp. You cannot really see the woman's scalp, but it looks like the hair is growing straight out of the scalp. That's what makes it more realistic. Uh, a number of uh, women told me that they couldn't tell. Uh, normally, the, the old uh, assumption was that a man is often not able to tell. If a woman has a really uh, good shaitel, a man can't tell if she's covering her hair or not, but every woman in, in an instant like, like that will look right at her and say, yeah, of course I could tell that that's a shaitel. But apparently with these lace-top shaitels, even a woman is uh, sometimes, if it's done right, if it's right, wrong, whatever, if it's done in a, in a, in a way that it's uh, done very well, even a woman can tell. So let's take a step back and try to figure out what the um, main objection to shaitels was, why it is that we've accepted wearing shaitels, and uh, whether that would change with these lace-top shaitels. So there is a good, there are two objections to wearing shaitels. One is that the Gemara and Ksubis and Dafayin Beis and of going over time Beis and Beis tells us, Rosha Perua Do Raisahi. For a woman to have her hair totally uncovered is a Din Da Raisa. It's from this past week's parasha. Dixiv Uparas Rosha Isha. Betanit Be Rabbi Shmala. Sarah Lebnos Shal Shaliyetsu Bepura Rosh Do Raisa. 
That's a din doraisa kilto shaper dummy. However, on a doraisa level, she just can't have her hair totally uncovered. If she wears some sort of small head covering, on a doraisa level, that would be good enough. But das yehudis afil kilto nami aser. If we come to das yehudis, when it comes to a din mitrabanan, she's not even allowed to wear a partial head covering. She needs to wear something that covers her hair entirely. That's what the Gemara says, that a kalto or a kilta is something that is not acceptable on a drabana level. So some of the poskim suggested that, uh, well, wait a second, the, when a woman is wearing this kalta, this partial hat, you can at least tell that there's something on her head, and even that's a violation of Das Yehudis. So Kavachomer is Shetel, where you can't even tell that there's anything on her head, that for sure has to be a violation of Das Yehudis. So the problem with that argument is twofold. First of all, Das Yehudis is defined by the Shulchan Aruch and Ebenezer Sim Vav Siv Dalid, Ezohi Das Yehudis, who minag hatsnius shenagu binos Yisrael. Das Yehudis does not sound like something that is unchanging. It sounds like a, a, whatever the minag of uh, binos Yisrael, of tsnuos of binos Yisrael is, that it's something that will change over based on the norms of the time in which you, you live. So if, uh, if, if, if so that's one problem with suggesting that it's uh, that this is a violation of Das Yehudis, but even if you assume that Das Yehudis is set in time, which it might very well be, uh, there are Rishonim that assume that way, that it's set in time and that it's not going to change, but it's hard to make this Kalvachomer, that if a kilta which covers part of her hair is problematic, a shaitl which covers her entire head is for sure problematic. What, just because it doesn't uh, look like she's wearing head covering? The kilt is only covering part of her hair. Part of her hair is still actually uncovered. That's a violation of Das Yudis. The shaitel is actually covering every last strand of hair on her head. That's hard to say that that's a violation of Das Yudis. It's a complete covering. The more uh, the more, the more more standard approach for those who, who uh, reject the use of shaitels is the argument that it's a violation of Maris Ha'ayin, that a person is going to look at a woman wearing a shaitel and he's going to assume that she's in fact not covering her hair, so it must be that it's a violation of Maris Ha'ayin. So why Taka is it not a violation of Maris Ha'ayin? So Rav Moshe has a famous shuva about this in Evna Ezer Chelek Beis Simin Yud Beis. Rav Moshe writes to a fellow who wanted to stop his wife from wearing shaitels. His wife wanted to wear a shaitel, and this fellow said she shouldn't be wearing a shaitel, she should be wearing a scarf around her head, or something like that, some other uh, covering, and uh, uh, not a shaitel. So Moshe goes through a whole discussion of Maris Ha'ayin and he very cleverly, cleverly weaves the discussion between shaitels and shaving with uh, an electric shaver. Uh, so that at the end of the tshuva he could say I think it's quite hypocritical of you dear sir to insist that your wife not wear a shaitel as you go clean shaven. Meaning if I don't think either one is Maris Ha'ayin but the one that's more likely Maris Ha'ayin is if you go clean shaven maybe that looks like you're shaving with a, with a razor so it would be quite hypocritical to suggest that your wife cannot uh, wear a shaitel and you're going to go clean shaven or Moshe writes, and if you are though, among those who are noag in l'skalech, besamu misprayim kentar and you're not choshish for yourself for maris ha'ayin, vaday lo shayich shiachmir aleo bepeya nachris you better not be machmir on your wife on a shaitel 
because then you're being self-contradictory and he says uh, you certainly cannot make an objection because uh, in general if it's a matter that is halachically permissible and it's just your own personal chumrah you cannot impose that upon your wife for her own hanhagos and the hair covering is for her own hanhaga so you're not allowed to uh, impose chumras on her but why is this only a chumrah why isn't this a, a halacha meikra din so Rav Moshe writes a couple of reasons first of all he says by uh, by he says, It's recognizable that it's a shaitl. People don't uh, think that it's not a shaitl. And he says, and even if men do, men can't tell the difference, women can tell the difference. And uh, the fact that sometimes a shaitl is so good that even women can't tell the difference, they were never gozer marisa ayin for those uh, for those unique situations. Meaning, the point of Moshe's tshuva is not to say necessarily that people uh, that 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 if people can tell, then it's going to be Marisai, if people can't tell, then it's going to be Marisai, but since people can tell, it's not Marisai, no, he says, since Alpirov, people are able to tell, they were never gozer on a Peyanachris, they were never gozer on a Shetel, and therefore, even if you have a really good Shetel that no one can tell, they simply were never gozer, they just weren't gozer on such a Shetel, and the uh, Moshe writes that it's an old discussion in the Poskim, whether uh, Peyanachris is considered he quotes the Atarazikanim and Archaim Simon Ayin Hey, who's Machmir, but he says, Rov Rabbaseinu, especially the uh, the major postkin that we rely on, the Rama in Simon Shin Gimel, the Magin Avram, the Prima Gadim, the Gra, all seem to be makel on this issue that a Peyanachris is not going to be a problem. Fur- furthermore, he says, Vh O Tam Gadol, why they never asked her to as as a violation of Maris Ayin, because everyone knows that uh, the woman is a Yerei meaning if you know this woman and you know she's muksak bekashrus. Why would you assume her hair is not covered? Of course, you look at her, you assume her hair is covered, and you just say you don't say to her, "Oh my gosh, when did you stop covering your hair?" You say, "Wow, great chetel, right?" That's what uh, if if you are a woman, you would say that. For a man, it's probably inappropriate to say that. But if uh, if you're if you're a woman and you see your friend, you don't say, "What happened?" You say, "Great chetel, right?" Because you know that the woman is Yerushalayim. Says Rav Moshe, "I." But in America, in the year Tavshin Chavbeis, when he was writing this tshuva, a lot of women did not uh, cover their hair, so he says, Manavshuch, for those women who, uh, who, who, who uh, for those people who know this woman that she does cover her hair, so uh, then there's not going to be an Isser, because everyone's going to realize that, uh, that, 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 that she's covering her hair, and for, uh, and if they think that, uh, and he says, Ula, makirinosa, uh, people are going to think she's one of those people who doesn't cover her hair, they're not going to be, the whole issue of Marisai is that people might learn from her, they're not going to learn from her any more than they learn from any of the other thousands of from, of from women that don't cover their hair. I mean, there's a whole category of people like this. It's not that uh, sh- this woman is going to be the one that sets the precedent that, uh, that that everyone else is going to learn from. So, bottom line, Ramosha says that they were never gozer maris ha'ayin on such a thing. They were never gozer maris ha'ayin on a, uh, on, on a shetel. Now, uh, there are poskim that even prefer shetels over other forms of, he- of head covering. Uh, why would you prefer a shaitel over other forms of head covering. So if you hold that you have to cover every single last bit of hair, which may be the case, so a shaitel is more likely to do that 
than a uh, than other forms of head covering. Other forms of head covering very often leave some some hairs out, so maybe a more complete covering. Another reason the Lubavitcher Rebbe very famously insisted that by Lubavitcher women you always see that uh, you know you talk about the shaving versus the the shaitels. By uh, Lubavitchers, the uh, they don't shave at all. They don't shave with the frame cane tar with anything like that. The men don't shave at all, but the women all have these be- these beautiful shaitels. They wear uh, regular shaitels. Why? Because the Lubavitcher Rebbe held that they dafka should wear shaitels, and the reason for that is that he thought that if you tell women that they can't wear a shaitel and that they have to wear some type of kerchief, that it will make her feel uh, uncomfortable in social situations or in professional situations, and then women will end up not covering their hair at all. Now, you have to realize, in the uh, middle part of the 20th century, or the later part of the 20th century, when the Bab was talking, it might change over time, and it might change based on the place where you live. If you live in a very insular Orthodox community, where a woman doesn't really interact with people who are outside of her community, so uh, it could be that she won't feel so uncomfortable um, you know, wearing some other form of head covering. Furthermore, in America today, she's more likely to get a job if she comes in with, uh, you know, with a hijab than uh, than 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 if she uh, than, than if she comes in looking nice and looking like she's wearing uh, she's wearing a shaitel. Especially in the world of Zoom, I had a lawyer that that happens my shul sometimes told me he works in a major law firm. He says all bets are off. You could do whatever you want. You could wear whatever you want. You could not shave for weeks at a time. You could do whatever you want. It doesn't uh, doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. No one cares. You're just not allowed to ask any questions. It might be a religious belief. It might be a thing. It might be a way a person identifies. Whatever. You just let them do what they want. Everyone get away with anything. So it could be that people don't feel uncomfortable in these situations. I mean, Lubavitcher Rebbe's taina may have been very uh, very much based on the reality within which he was living. So let's go back to Lace Top Shetel. So how does, that, how does this relate? So uh, we spoke to Rav Shachter about it a couple of weeks ago. And he, he told us that... Um, Based on you know, Rav Moshe wrote that there's no marisayin when the she- he says you know Rav Moshe was talking about when the shaitels looked awful uh, and it was very obvious that they weren't uh, the person's hair. Uh, but he says the main argument of Rav Moshe is that if, if you know that the person is a religious person and you know that the person covers their hair, you're not going to assume that they're not covering their hair. Uh, and he says as long as it's the kind of thing where everyone knows that these things exist, meaning you used to need the container of uh, of non dairy creamer to be on the table at a fleshig meal in order that people shouldn't think that it's milk, right? That's what the Ramah writes in Shulchan Aruch. But nowadays all the Ashkach agencies don't require that anymore. Why don't they require it anymore? Because everyone knows non-dairy creamer is a thing. Everyone knows that non-dairy creamer is something that people have. So over here too, everybody knows that women wear shaitels. Everyone knows that it's not really their hair. So it's not ideal, Rav Shechter said, because certainly it's more attractive than their own hair sometimes, than their real hair, and they're drawing attention to, you know, it's, if it's very uh, uh, attention-grabbing it's certainly uh, less tsanua if it's more attention grabbing. That's the very definition of it, of tsnius. But uh, you're not going to win. Meaning, uh, women aren't going to listen anyway. They want to look nice. They want to look their best. So uh, to say that it's halachically prohibited is problematic. Rav Shachter pointed out that Rav Salvechik said that when they came out with Shabbos clocks, he thought it was a violation of Marisayin to use a Shabbos clock. But after a while, that everyone knew that there was such a thing as a Shabbos clock, it was no longer Marisayin. So if you saw someone's lights turning on and off on Shabbos. 
you didn't say, oh, what are they doing? They're turning lights. No, you understood that it was a Shabbos clock. So, uh, so, so Rav Salvechik told the story about the Chavetz Chaim on the train. You know, the story where the Chavetz Chaim had this conversation with a fellow on the train who didn't recognize him, and the fellow told him, I'm going to visit the Holy Tzaddik, the Chavetz Chaim, and the Chavetz Chaim said, nah, he's not such a Holy Tzaddik, he's not so great, he's not such a Chashva person. So this guy started yelling at the Chavetz Chaim, not realizing he was talking to the Chavetz Chaim. How could you say that about the Holy Tzaddik? V'chule, v'chule. Then they got to where they got, and uh, they got to Radin, I guess, and everyone came to greet the Chavetz Chaim, and this fellow realized that he just yelled at the Chavetz Chaim. And he said to the Chavetz Chaim, I feel so terrible. And the Chavetz Chaim said, no, don't apologize. You taught me a halach I never knew, that you can't even say Lashon Hara against yourself. I wrote a whole book about Lashon Hara, two books about Lashon Hara, and I forgot a halacha, that you're not even allowed to say Lashon Hara about yourself. Rav Salvechik said that that's not a chiddush that you're not allowed to say Lashon Hara about yourself. You're not a bailam on your own reputation. That's the din of Maris Hayin. Maris Hayin means you're not allowed to do something that draws negative attention to yourself, that's going to make it look like you're violating some sort of isser. One is not a balabayis of uh, their own reputation. So at the end of the day, Rav Shatzah thought that there is no isser uh, in uh, being or a taiva, even if you could see the scalp, lemaisa, you can't see the scalp anyway. It's an issue of Maris, uh, the, the issue of Maris Ayin, as Ramosha writes, generally speaking, we pass like Ramosha on this, is not really an issue because Chazal were simply never goes there Maris Ayin on a Peyanachris, and even though it looks really good, but if people are able, uh, if people know, knowing the background, knowing that such a shaitel exists, and knowing that most uh, women who are otherwise dressed uh, you know, with the, all the halachos of modesty, all the halachos of tzniyos, that they probably are covering their hair, so it would not, it would not be marasayin anymore. But then, of course, Rav Shachter added, we should make a new rule that you're not allowed to spend more than $45 on a shaitl. He says, my wife gets a beautiful shaitl for $45, and as soon as uh, she's done with it, she throws it out and doesn't even feel so bad, because it was only $45, and buys a new one. So let's see how, uh, how far that, that, that one goes, if we, uh, <laughs> we make a $45 uh, price limit on, uh, on Shaitels, but Meikredin, it would seem that uh, that these are mutter. Probably in those Hasidish communities where they always accepted the practice of not using realistic-looking shaitels. Of course, it would be us. It is an even more realistic-looking shaitel. But in our communities where we have accepted the practice, uh, I don't think that this is going to uh, to change that. That this is going to change the halacha in any way. Okay, everyone, have a great day.